0: Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. We've talked a lot about the present but I still want to go back a little bit what you went to college for and why because it sounds like you've had multiple career changes up until what you're doing now and I kind of want to go into just different time periods that you went through and why you had those changes because a lot of our listeners are going through drastic changes in their lives. And, you know, this show is here to help them through that. So let's uh, go back to college and, you know, what you went to school for and why at that moment in time, did you want to go to school for that?
1: Just a little background. I, I mentioned that I grew up in a traditional Jewish household and every Jewish household that I've ever known has really focused a lot on education. That's like a really big piece of the puzzle. And so there wasn't a choice. It wasn't if you go to college. It was just the next step. It was like going from junior high to high school. You just go from high school to college. It it never even occurred to me not to go. But I can tell you, I wasn't ready, emotionally or financially. And my parents, I didn't know they weren't going to pay for it. Like, we didn't talk about budget. We didn't talk about money in our household because there was always that stress about money. My older brother somehow knew. I don't know if they talked to him more or if he just was smarter. That could very well be. But it didn't even occur to me. And I worked. I always had a job. So it's not like I didn't have access to money, but I wasn't a saver. And as a matter of fact, I went through some really bad financial times in college but when i went to college i started as undeclared but i thought i might be an english major and then i took a couple music courses cuz i'd been singing all through school and i was in all state choir so i i knew i had some talent there but i didn't necessarily want to go into performance or teaching so i thought about going into music therapy so i went from taking english courses to taking music therapy courses and included in music therapy courses were human development courses. And I loved those too. So I switched majors probably three or four times and not necessarily officially, I didn't necessarily declare major, but I took courses in English and music therapy and human development. And I actually had to take a year off because I couldn't afford my rent and the bills were piling up and I, I weighed under hundred pounds because I wasn't eating. I just didn't have any money. So I took a year off and I went home and when I went back to school, I ended up taking on the business major and I'm going to be straight up about why I did that. When I went home, I was 20 and I turned 21 during that time that year that I was home and I went into cocktailing and I worked in an environment where it was people who that was their life was cocktail waitressing and restaurant work. And I had worked in restaurants for years before that, but I was working in a mentality that was a lack and there wasn't much in deep conversation. There wasn't much intellect where I was working. And I remember after being treated really badly by my manager, who actually was very well-educated, she was just so into the drama and manipulation of working in that environment, she was really mean to me. And I remember going home one night and thinking, I got to go back to school. I can't live in this environment. And this is what I'll be qualified to do if I don't finish a degree. And I just couldn't live in that place anymore. So I finished that year off. I went back to school that fall and decided I'm going to be a business major because I like to eat. (laughs) And um, all the other majors I had tried would have taken either an advanced degree to actually make a reasonable salary using it, or I would have had to use that degree, but do something else in order to make a salary that I could live on. And I went to my advisor that I had never gone to an advisor in all the first three years of school. I had never gone to an advisor. I finally went to an advisor and I said, I need you to do a degree audit on the credits I have and tell me what major I'm closest to. Like, of all the credits I have, what goes toward a major that I can complete in a year? And he said, well, you're only about 30 credits away from business major. And I said, okay, let's do that. I mean, it was literally that kind of decision. And as I mentioned, I might be slightly impulsive. But I was taking a couple courses that went toward it that spring semester after coming back, and I took 12 credits in the summer and 22 in the fall and finished in December. So I was really motivated to finish school. And honestly, I think I've had my career very similar to my college career just over the course of 30 years because I, I get bored really easily, I want to learn more all the time, and I apply everything that I've learned in previous experiences to whatever I'm doing at the moment. So no matter where I sit, I know my restaurant experience from my teens and early 20s apply. You know, those restaurant experiences of listening, of step saving, of understanding budgets and stuff like that, all of, and scheduling, all of those things i learned in the restaurants i can apply to whatever i'm doing at any
0: given time definitely and i think that i think that's so important to remember as you know we go through different life changes is that you know this is not a wasted 4 5 10 years of your life right you're still going to be able to take whatever skills you learned in your previous career or relationship or whatever and apply it to the next stage of your life and I think people forget that which is where the stress comes in which is where the anxiety Mm -hmm. of I have to start over I have to relearn everything without really realizing that no matter what career field you go into nine times out of ten unless you're legitimately sitting behind a computer, you're going to have to have communication skills. You're going to have to have scheduling skills, right? Life is a schedule. (laughs) Whether people (laughs) like it or not, life in general is a schedule. And, you know, it's something that you just have to learn. You have to learn how to, you know, be compassionate with people and and understand the different things in life that people are going through. And you're going to learn that no matter what career field you go into. So I think that's really important for you to mention that you took everything that you had already learned and applied it each step of the way. Mm -hmm.
1: And I I totally agree with you, especially when it comes to like being in a long-term relationship and feeling like you wasted those years in some way. And I just don't believe in that. And it's part of what my book is about. Your stories don't define you, how you tell them will. And it's all about what did you learn from that experience? How are you a different human as a result of it? And what kind of compassion does that experience bring into your current relationships? Having had, like my sister was married for 10 years and then divorced. And she said, I just regret spending so much time there. I wasted 10 years. I was like, what? Wait a minute. And I started asking her, well, remember that time you guys went to Ireland and Was that fun or was it horrible? Was it a horrible? She's like, oh, no, we had so much fun. I said, well, tell me one of the stories. And she did. And I said, oh, yeah, what a waste. And she just started laughing and, you know, bringing humor to that kind of conversation. It's really important. But uncovering those stories of the things that you learned takes it from the story being all about struggle to understanding that struggle led to enlightenment struggle led to compassion, struggle led to intelligence and kindness, because I really believe that if you spend maybe 20% of your time telling the story of the struggle and 80% of your time telling the story of your resilience and what you did and what you did do versus what you didn't do, I think that not only do you change how people perceive you and they become Far more inspired by your story when you focus on that level, and you know the 2080 versus 5050, or worse yet, 6040, where you spend 60 percent of your 15 minutes on your struggle and how horrible it was, and only 40 percent on your resilience. People can resonate with that, and it can hold their attention because they've been there or because they have compassion for you but they're not going to be nearly as inspired by it as if you spend more time talking about what you did to resolve the issues and what you did to experience personal
0: growth and resilience. Definitely. And, and that's one of the things that I try to do myself is I try not to live with any regrets, right? I made the decision, whether it was good, bad, or Indifferent. I made that decision and I have to live with it. So, am I going to regret it or am I just going to learn from it and do something different next time? And so, that's definitely resonates with me for sure because I think that, you know, if you sit in life and you regret everything, well, then that's, you know, you're just going to live in the past and you're going to continue to dwell on the past versus if you just learn from it, that means you're moving forward and you're going to apply it to the next situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that.
1: I think it was Mae West who said, I only regret the things I didn't do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. I'm speaking my language. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So I want to get into a little bit of what you're doing now with Elkins Consulting and just really how that started and maybe a little bit of the, you know, that struggle of, you know, starting your own business, it sounds like you were in the corporate world for many years, and, you know, made that leap into owning your own business. What was that journey like for you? That's a really good question. And
1: um, I don't think it's all that unique, truly. Um, As I mentioned, I get bored really easily. And so, from the time I moved to Montana from Washington, D.C., uh, we moved here in April. We had a six-month-old baby, and I thought that I was going to you know, stay home, and my husband was going to work, and I was going to just love this time. And it turns out that's not really my thing. And I sincerely admire and respect people, men and women, who choose to be home with their children and have that be their exclusive activity because it definitely didn't fit me. And so we moved here in April and by August, I was uh, getting ready to start teaching a semester of computer classes at the local community college in the evenings when my husband would be home to take care of the baby. And I started my own business where I would go to people's homes and offices and help them learn how to use their computer at a functional level. So I worked with stroke victims, um, seniors. I worked with artists people who generally were not techie. Now, this was 20 years ago, and I was teaching them how to use a mouse. You know, what's the right click versus the left click? And some people hired me because they knew that their career would be limited if they didn't start to get on board with that kind of functional use, doing mail merge and attachments to email. I mean, this was the really basic stuff. So I did that for a few years. And then I did go back to uh, regular jobs, over the years, but I always had a side hustle. So I had Elkins consulting that domain from 20 years ago, but I never really used it. I didn't even have a website until about five or six years ago using that domain. But it was when I started really getting active on LinkedIn, that I started to see the possibility of making this my business and connected with some just absolutely incredible, inspiring people on that platform. A guy named Chris Spurvey up in Newfoundland, Canada, Heather Younger in Denver, um, Karthik Rajan in Houston, and Neil Hughes out in the UK, people who were kind of in a similar boat, but they might have been a year or two ahead of me with their side hustles. And I watched their transformation from being an employee to being self-employed, to, you know, going through the trials and tribulations of business development and and income development, it'll be two years ago, July 6, actually, that I finally decided I couldn't do both because I was building this side business and working full-time for a government agency as their um, public information officer And and raising two kids. My boys were teens at that point, and I had gone through an MBA program while my kids were in school and I was working full-time. And I just hit this point where I thought, I can't do all of it. And my husband had just been offered um, a promotion and a raise and he said, if you were gonna make Elkins Consulting work, now's the time to do it. So I really started focusing on my coaching, which was more public speaking coaching because I do a lot of that and training. I was doing customer service training. But it was about five years ago, well, I guess, yeah, about five years ago now that I did my first keynote and they asked me to talk about storytelling. And I remember kind of hesitating because I'd never done anything like that because I'd always focused on customer service and customer experience. And I said, sure, I can do that. And I remember getting off the phone in like this minor panic. (laughs) Why did I say yes? I don't know even what I'm talking about. But it went really well. And then I started to see that. Storytelling not only was my gift, but when I did it right, when I did it well, I could draw out the stories of the people around me and create this incredible environment of trust and vulnerability. I started to see that anywhere I went, whether I was sitting in my office as a public servant, or as the director of sales at a hotel, or as a university system transfer initiative specialist, which I did a lot of different things in my career. Wherever I sat, really that's what I did is I created that environment of trust where people could be vulnerable. And I had started coaching probably about the same time. I had my first couple of public speaking and sales clients to help them uncover the stories that would help them connect more deeply and be more successful in their work. Then I decided, well, I really like the StrengthsFinder assessment because it helps people with a place to start in terms of how they get from point A to point B. Anyone can get from point A to point B, but how you get there is going to look different based on how your brain works and what your natural instinct is in terms of solving problems and building relationships. So then I became certified in the StrengthsFinder assessment and started really focusing on communication, using your strengths, and using storytelling. And I found great success, particularly working with teams. A few people, a few organizations have had retreats here in Montana. And they hired me because I'm a local coach, rather than having to fly somebody in from out of state. And had some great success working with those teams that were generally remote, but then they would come together for a in-person retreat, i do a workshop with them, then we'd have some follow-up workshops remotely. And those teams just gel better because they feel like they know each other better. Basically, after I started doing more retreats, I started working with more remote teams. And it was really doing my podcast that I started to realize that I needed to write a book because people really don't know their stories. They don't necessarily know how those stories that they tell impact how they see themselves and also their relationships. So I wrote the book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Well, which is the same as a podcast. And they're both guides to help people not only uncover their personal stories, but also see their patterns and maybe start to understand what their strengths and magic are and also where they might be getting in their own way.
0: If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2ThrivingATL, T-O-Thriving-A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.